Hello everybody, and welcome to the Damn Dude Podcast. Damn dude. Damn dude. Oh, oh yes. I welcome you, I hope you all are having a magnificent morning, day, afternoon, or evening, or whenever it is that you are just so happening to listen to the Damn Dude Podcast. So, what up, everybody? Welcome, 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 welcome. What is good, everybody? I hope you guys are having a beautiful day. I don't know why. I just got to do some weird shit sometimes. Um, But welcome, you guys. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Season 2, Episode 25 of the Damn Dude Podcast. Damn Dude. Damn Dude. If you know, then you already know that this is a show where we have the conversations that need to be had in a way that'll make you think and say, Damn, dude. Damn, damn, dude. You know, some of that shit that'll just trip you out, make you think different, see life through a different lens. We're here to help educate, entertain, and make an impact on life as a whole. I'm your host, California Cal. I'm one of those Californians where I believe everything is wrong, where I believe that everything that's wrong is right, and everything that's right is wrong. I believe that when your baby is born... You should just determine whether your boy is a girl or your girl is a boy and just make it up and just pick whatever you like. If your kid's born with a penis, you can call them a fucking non-binary, non-human, non-male or female child. But even the word child might be offensive. So let's not even say that. Let's just say, I don't know. (laughs) Oh, shit. So I'm definitely one of those Californians. Um, No, I'm just kidding. Whatever. Anyways, I have to say, uh, all jokes aside, we got a deep ass show for you guys today. Um, Today, yo, the topic plug came through like a fucking old school weed dealer who shows up on time. Damn, dude. Damn, dude. Yo. (laughs) Yo, if you still have a guy, some of us still have, like, a guy, the guy. Other people, they just go to the fucking dispensary or the store and buy their weed. Other people, they just, like, grow it themselves. It's like you got a whole range of how people get their weed this day and age, right? Um. Why the fuck did I start talking? Oh, because the topic plug came through. Yeah, came through like a motherfucker. Meaning, for those of you guys who remember and know what it's like to have to wait for your weed guy when he's like, I'm on my way. And then it's like 30 minutes. When, or he's like, yeah, I'll be there in, I'll be there in just a minute. Like, all right, cool. See you in a few. And then like 10 minutes goes by. You're like checking. Like, eh, eh, he should be here soon. 15 minutes goes by. 30 minutes goes by. You're like, this motherfucker lives like six blocks away. And then you're like, 40 minutes go by and then an hour goes by and then you send the text like yo bro you on the way you good like or something like that and then you're like and then you hear nothing and then like an hour later he he's like yo hey i ain't forget about you dog like i'll be there and you're like okay cool when and then no text back no or call back or however you're communicating at the time and then you go and fucking 
like another hour or two goes by and he's like, yo, I'm right around the corner. And you're like, oh, shit. Like, what the fuck? So if you had a weed guy who just came through, like, with the quickness and, like, literally showed up when that person said they were supposed to show up, that was the best. Like, the coolest shit ever. So that's like, yo, weed man came through today. So our topic plug came through today so appreciate this so what we're going to be getting into i'm gonna tell a little personal story first about my interaction with the gas station guy who i've told this story before and there's uh new pieces to add to the puzzle here so (laughs) um yeah for those of you guys who remember i was arguing with the gas station dude and like i'm not the guy who goes and argues with people right but uh I happen to be that guy that day. Like I fucking yeah. Anyways, we'll we'll get into that story. But we're gonna be talking about reparenting ourselves. Damn, dude. Damn, dude. Yo, we got some crazy fucking points about this, and as well as parenting our own kids from this perspective of after we've after not necessarily after, but as we do the work to reparent ourselves. And as it's like a lot of us, especially who have kids, are doing the work to reparent ourselves, you know, to relearn what the fuck we know as we're trying to raise kids. So it's like it's often difficult, you know, it's like a tricky ass thing. But it's interesting because within that piece of the show, you guys will be able to hear stuff within your own life, whether you have kids or not, which is really interesting, you know. Oh, man. These freaking dude. There's like ants everywhere. It doesn't even make sense. Like, I mean, maybe not everywhere. No, 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 like crawling. But I'll see like random one here, random one here, random one here. Like in that way, they're everywhere. It's driving me crazy, dude. Um, And I guess because I just live in a fucking you know, apartment. It's just like that, I guess. Like I keep it clean, but whatever. It is what it is. I'm getting off track here. Because once we get into the meat of this, it's, oh, this shit goes deep, dude. Super deep. So first of all, there was the gas station incident and the guy where <laughs> I was accusing him. I wasn't accusing. Him. Well, I guess I was accusing him, but I was arguing with them. I was debating. I was like giving him a hard time because I thought he shorted me 10 bucks. And this was at a point where I was like, I wasn't really in season for teaching swimming. I was like, you know, I needed my money. And it's like, I got kids, I got shit to do, I got shit to pay for, whatever. And it's like, I'm already struggling as it is. So an extra 10 bucks, like I need that shit, yo. So I I pay for something. I swear I gave him a 20. I I was paying for $10 worth of whatever the fuck I was paying for. I don't know if I got, I, I don't even remember. But anyways, I needed, I, I thought I gave him a 20. He gives me like, nothing back or like three dollars back and it's supposed to be like 13 dollars back or something right i don't know i'm supposed to at least be getting ten dollars back so i'm like uh bro i was like i gave you a 20 he's like you gave me a 10 i was like dude i just got my money from the atm it only gives me 20s i gave you a 20 he's like no, my friend, you give me 10. I'm like, 
bro, I was like, you you gave me a 20. I was like, look, dude, I was like, I'm not trying to rip you off. I'm not trying to pull some scheme on you. I was like, I got kids. I'm a dad. Uh, like, $10 matters to me right now. Like, I, I do need that my $10 back, bro. And he's like, no, you gave me 10. And I looked to the dude in the line behind me. I was like, bro, did you see what I had? I was like, is there any chance you saw what I handed him? And this guy just looks fucking petrified. I'm like, what are you so scared of? Like, he's just like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I was like, what the fuck, dude? Like, just say yes or no, at least. Like, so I'm fucking like pissed, dude. Like, I'm not yelling at the guy. I'm not cussing at the guy. I'm keeping it respectful. I even kept, I even said, I was like, look, dude, I was like, let's say you really did short me $10, which I, that happened. I'm, I'm keeping it cool with you, bro. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I was like, I'm being respectful. I'm talking to you man to man. Like, can I please just have my $10 back? He's like, you gave me 10, not 20. He's like, I know what they feel like. I was like, what they feel like? You can't be accepting cash and giving change based off of what it feels like. And it's like, I totally get what he means. Cause like, he, and then, you know, I've, I've been a cashier for hella long at different jobs or whatever. And it's like, you really can feel the difference when you've been fucking exchange, like handling money all day. Like you're looking at it, but you're not like staring at it. Like you just, you know what I mean? Like your muscle memory, memory kind of comes in and like, you get to feel that. And so he said that and I was just, I just said that because it was a, my way to take a jab at him kind of politely. <laughs> so all that shit happens and eventually he's like, no, my friend. He's like, I was like, can you check the camera or something? He's like, well, you come back tomorrow. You talk to the boss. He'll check the camera, blah, blah, blah. So I didn't come back because I was just like so mad. Like I was just getting madder as time went on, which is weird because normally after a few minutes, I'm like, ah, whatever. But I felt like he really ripped me off. Like he just jacked me in my face and it was like, I just got punked and did nothing. You know, that was, that was what it felt like. Like it felt like a bully tried to take my money and I just handed it over with no fight. Like that's what it felt like. So I'm just getting madder and madder. I'm getting mad at myself. I'm getting, that's ultimately what it was, was, was I'm getting mad at myself. And I, I'm telling this story to somebody else. I think I was telling my mom or my brother. So I, I don't even remember, but like shortly after this happened, I'm telling somebody and then I stop. I was like, yeah, because I had this, or I was telling about my day or something. And then I was like, included in that story of the gas station incident, I was talking about how I had also stopped at In-N-Out. And that's where I was like, yeah, then this fucking guy, he's short. I was like, wait. Did I go to In-N-Out before or after the gas station? And I was like, wait, I was in and out before the gas station. I paid with cash. My bill came out to like $9 and change. Oh, fuck. I did give him a 10. <laughs> Damn. Yo, I was like, motherfucker. And I just stopped my story. I was like, you know what? I just realized the guy didn't rip me off. I was completely wrong. Fuck. So... I realized this and then just, I don't know, as time went by, it was like a couple months. Went, oh, this happened in September, actually. And I only remember because it was like the day after I got in a car accident. It was like I got hit at nighttime and then the, the daytime happened. 
or you know it was the morning day the next morning or day or whatever not morning because i don't really eat food in the morning it had to be in the afternoon so anyway i'm fucking just feel so stupid you know i was like i didn't necessarily make an ass out of myself completely but i definitely embarrassed myself like to a degree you know what i mean it's like you go accusing somebody of something that they didn't do they're gonna like you know what i mean it's like you kind of look stupid you're just completely wrong so i was like man what the fuck so because i was respectful and i kept it cool and like i just was talking with my accusations accusations i felt like I was able to make peace with it myself. I wasn't too bothered internally about it. I used to be able to be able to flip out on people and just like leave it be. But now it kind of bothers me. So just the other day, I went back yesterday, maybe day before I got gas. I went in. I did my thing. And as I'm walking out, I was like, hey. I was like, you uh, and the, he, the dude's being so friendly to me, like genuinely kind, like this guy is such a nice guy. And that's what pained me to have to go back and forth with him in the first place. And then, but nextly, when I go back the other day, I see him and I was like, bro, like I literally, after I paid and as I'm walking out, it registered in my mind. I was like, that's the guy. I recognize him. I, I hit the door. I stopped. I turned back around. I was like, hey. I was like, there was a time I give you a, I was giving you a hard time, bro. I just want to apologize, man. I was like, it was a hell of a day. There was so, I, I was, I just had so much happening. I was like, I wasn't in the right mind, so I apologize, bro. He was like, oh yeah, I remember you. He's like, he's like, yeah, you know. He's like, honestly, bro, no worries, no worries. It's no big deal at all, no biggie, no worries at all. And I'm like, yeah, but still, I'm sorry, bro. Like, I apologize. And he was like, he's like, honestly, bro, he's like, after that happened, as soon as you walk out the door, I forget all about it. And I was like, I was like, ah, man, like for sure. But, and then he was like, right after he says, oh, I forgot all about it. He goes, yeah, over the $10, right? I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, I thought you just said you forgot all about it. I was like, yeah, I was like. I was like, man, I was accusing you that you didn't, you shortchanged me 10 bucks. He's like, yeah, yeah. He's like, I remember, I know. He's like, no, nah, it's all good, man. It's all good. No worries, bro. No worries. And then, so I look him in his eye. I was like, bro, man to man, I apologize. I was completely wrong. I was not right for that. He's like, brother, it's all good, my friend. And it fucking, I shook that fool's hand. We shook hands. I was just like, thank you, man. Like, much love, bro. I appreciate you. I hope you have a beautiful day. So, I fucking, I closed that chapter. <laughs> Yo, but me and homeboy are tight now, dude. <sighs> Excuse me. Mm. <sighs> I've got sunshine. <laughs> All right, you guys. So. You know, I want to say, I just realized this right now. If you have a good relationship with your gas station attendant, it makes getting fucked by the gas prices feel so much better. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, for real. Yo, gas right now is like $2.50. 
it's like high fives, like 580, 570, 590 for regular, and then like six something for premium. And then some places it's like seven, even eight. And I think there's places that are nine in some places in California. That's crazy, dude. Like, I literally remember when I was a kid seeing gas cost like 50 cents and even cheaper. Um, but from when I started driving, like, it was like a dollar roughly. And it would go like maybe a dollar 25, maybe a little less. It would just kind of go back and forth. And that's what I remember paying for it. So as you get screwed, yo, make a good relationship with your local gas gas attendant dude because they're doing their job the same way you're trying to get to your job or do whatever the fuck you do they're just trying to have a great time and not suffer and that's it really you know what i'm saying they're trying to enjoy life too you know what before we really dive motherfucking deep into this like you need some scuba tank and some fucking flippers for your feet we're going to uh, take a quick break and uh, hear a word from our sponsors, and we will be right back. Damn, dude. Damn, dude. Hi. Do you suffer from boring motherfucking podcasts and really weird fucking entertainment and strange news? Well, I'll tell you what. You better tune your ass into the Damn, dude, podcast, motherfucker. Damn, damn, dude. What up, everybody? Welcome, Bicycle. So, uh... <laughs> Yo, we've got some good sponsors on the show. <laughs> like, what the Yo, I, I don't plan for those. I just, I just been thinking it's funny lately. So whether you think it's funny or not, um, that's on you. <laughs> you motherfucker. Um, all right, you guys. So game face. Let's. Oh, dude. Okay. There was, I had something so funny to say. And I, compl- the moment the record button started recording and the fucking little dial started moving across the record, the screen, like the recording thing, I just completely blanked out. And I'm bummed because that whole commercial and whatever, it just all came to me in my head right now. And it was, fuck, man. Whatever. It's all good. So let's talk this talk. This is an interesting fucking thing, dude. Like reparenting yourself. How do we reparent ourselves? And what does that even mean? Like, we're just going to kind of go through some of the topics, sort of, to kind of paint the picture of the context that we mean with this. Because I'm not using a dictionary term for this. I'm kind of just using what I feel like it means. You know what I mean? So, growing up, with a parenting dynamic that doesn't align with who we are as adults or parents ourselves. How do we reparent ourselves? That's interesting. You know what I mean? It's like if we didn't have the dynamic of parenting that we actually wanted, that's kind of all we got though. So now what the fuck do we do about it? You know what I mean? So Forgiving our parents for the things we experienced and realizing they were doing the best they could at the time. 
that's another like angle to this too, because that's important. You know, it's like if you weren't happy with the best that somebody was doing with what they had, we have an appreciation issue and a perspective issue, I think. Um, and then, you know, realizing our triggers that are passed on to us and being aware of them and where they come from. It's like, does that come from our parents? Does that come from me or what? Um, and do we love ourselves like we should? Or, or are we reacting to ourselves how our parents would have? Damn, dude. Damn, dude. Yo, that's crazy. Are we reacting to ourselves the way our parents would have? That's a fucking trip, dude. So this is like tripping me out, dude. <laughs> These topics, like the topics themselves without even talking about it are already so like, so deep. Um, so growing up with a parenting dynamic that doesn't align with who we are as adults or parents ourselves. How do we reparent ourselves and or go back to the beginning to change what was taught to us? So this is interesting. How do we reparent ourselves and or go back to the beginning to change what was taught to us? Well, I think in general, what comes to mind is extreme ownership. That's something I truly believe in in life is taking extreme ownership and I don't know if somebody has coined that or that's their brand or whatever, but just the words, not the brand, any branding or, or more, anything like that. Extreme ownership, like just the words, what they mean, like taking extreme ownership for our lives is something most of us are afraid to do and afraid to take on. Um, how I look at this for myself is one of the biggest examples where I've taken extreme ownership for something is with an ex-girlfriend cheating on me, I take ownership for her cheating on me. Now, if you if you know if you're newer to the show or if you haven't heard that whole conversation or topic before or how we you know tore that apart, um, it it would be like, well, I take responsibility for her cheating. Not like I was like, oh, go cheat on me. Like, no. It was my, I don't even want to say fault. I don't necessarily believe in blame or fault. I just believe there's what happened and what didn't happen. And when, you know, it's like there's who, there's taking responsibility or taking ownership, but it's not really like blaming or placing fault on anybody or anyone or, and that includes yourself, right? So I take extreme ownership in this situation because when I would see her, I would be extremely jealous. I would ask questions like, where'd you go? Who'd you talk to? Did you get hit on this and that? Like, I would ask all these crazy fucking, like, super jealous questions. And keep in mind, like, I mean, I guess it's no excuse, but it's like, I was in like high school at the time and freshly out of high school. And then that's when it happened. And it was like, well, you know what? Like, I fucking drove this person out of the relationship by being so overbearing and being so just such an ugly partner. You know what I mean? It's not like I was malicious or like mean or abusive or anything. It was just like, I was a bad partner. You know, it was like, I was jealous and I was like, 
I don't know, you know, just very jealous. That was that was like insecure with myself, so that would equal jealousy within the relationship. Um, so within having an ex cheat on me, I take ownership, I take responsibility for that happening. So that's a big example of what extreme ownership looks like, just from my personal example, right? So the way that I see this is like, well, it wasn't all, that wasn't always my perspective. There was a good long perspective of like, man, I fucking hate you. Like, fuck you, this and that, you, this, you, that, all these things like that. I, you know, I don't know if I should say obviously or not, but that was there for sure. You know what I mean? But it was like, dude, I, eventually I had to understand that if I didn't want to be mad anymore, and I didn't want to be hurt anymore, I had to take responsibility for myself and what the fuck happened to me, around me, near me, what hurt my feelings, what left me feeling jealous, let down, hurt, sad, whatever. And it's like, look what I caused by being jealous. I, By being so jealous, I caused something to happen to actually be jealous of. Damn, dude. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was like, all right, life was like, okay, you want to be jealous? Like, well, let's give you something to actually be jealous about. How about that? And I was like, fuck, bro. <laughs> like, come on, homie. Life, bro, dog. <laughs> so extreme ownership is how I think we begin to reparent ourselves. Because um, once we take extreme extreme ownership for everything in our life we're no longer a victim because like well i did that to put me there i did that to put me there you know what i'm saying and it's like some things are unfair 100 percent. but that's the thing is that's why extreme ownership takes you to the next level in circumstances or situations or life because it's extreme and it's ownership and it's like Taking extreme ownership of yourself is not easy and it's definitely scary and it definitely challenges the ego to the maximum. You know what I mean? Because for my ego to even be like, oh, I made my girlfriend, I made my ex cheat on me. Like my ego's like, no, what the fuck? You know what I'm saying? You're great. This is like, I, you know, of course, in my ego, I'm fuck. it wasn't my fucking thing. That was all on her. You're, you know what I'm saying? And at the, What's trippy too, though, is at the same time, it is on her, but at the same time, it's on her to feel what she feels about it. It's not on me to be like, you did this to me, you know, and like, that's being a bitch in the situation. And if you guys remember our last sponsor, it was like brought to you in part by don't be a little bitch, like to <laughs> take ownership of yourself. And as long as there's somebody else to blame then you just, you can't be happy all the way through. You like, we'll never be happy as long as there's somebody to blame. Because if we're blaming, then we're not taking ownership. As long as it's on somebody else, then you have not owned how you feel about that situation. So here's another interesting thing that, like I said, I'm very like, like, like the wording of things. I like, I'm very, uh, I don't even know. I, I like to like analyze a little. So this is an interesting thing because 
I like to consider like I like to contrast contrast things when I read it. So whatever, I'll just get to the point. Um, the part of the story says, how do we reparent ourselves and and or go back to the beginning to change what was taught to us? So that's interesting. Well, what was interesting is what was taught to us. So think about this. Let's just go just off the words themselves. What was taught to us? What if we had said or changed that to what we learned? See, this is a trip. This is interesting. What was taught to us versus what we learned. Because what was taught to us, it almost puts it on them to be responsible for what we learned. But if we boil it down, it's more so taking responsibility and ownership for what we learned versus even questioning what they taught us. Damn, dude. Damn, dude. Damn, dude. Damn, dude. Damn, dude. That, <laughs> that's pretty good. Fuck. Holy shit. This just blew. This just tripped me the fuck out right now. Like, like I'm saying, like my own life is just like as I do this. You know, it's like this is never. Like I, I try to do my best to put myself authentically in what I share with you guys. You know. And this has me tripping out because it's like that really is taking extreme ownership. Um, you know, when it's like, well, it's not on what you taught me. It's what I learned. See, I'm tripping out right now because I'm thinking about, well, when I was I, d I took geometry five times in high school, in school, summer school, school, summer school and alternative school when I got kicked out of school. So I took geometry five times. But I'll tell you, in the first one through five classes, <laughs> in the, between the first and the fifth class, what I was learning was completely different from what they were teaching me in that classroom. Damn, dude. Because what I was learning in that classroom was how to position my body to nap in a way where it doesn't look like I'm sleeping. I was learning how to train my body in positions to appeal to the teacher and the snitch kids in class so that it looks like I'm present. So it was almost like I learned a sense of body awareness in class. But what they were teaching me was geometry. So what's really interesting is, and I, I, I never put this together till right now. This is why I'm like so mind blown by the topics of this. So thank you to the plug. Um, what I do for work now is I teach babies how to save their lives in the water. And I'm working with like kids who are months old, babies <laughs> who are months old. And... It took me a while to develop it, but at this point, I am definitely a master at my craft and what I do, and I know this because my work speaks for itself, it shows itself, but nextly, 
because I've learned how to do the same thing in a different and apply it in a, in a new way. So as I would learn to position my body to, to be the most appealing looking way my body could sit while I'm sleeping and doing or doodling or doing something different than what they were teaching. So I realized that what I learned versus what they were teaching or what they taught me. And this is, see, think about this, applying this to your parents too. What, what I learned is now that's now applicable is I know how to put my body in the right way. I know how low to dip my shoulders in the water. I know how, I know when to not stand all the way up when I'm working with a kid, because it, there's a visual aspect that it creates for the parents and the people around me. And if I'm standing towering over a kid and I'm only waist deep in the water and I'm working with this kid and I'm hovering, towering over them for one, it makes me for one as a man Two, like, I'm like, I'm, I don't know, average size, slightly bigger than like, I, I don't know. It's like, I'm a, you know, big ish dude. And it's especially compared to a baby. So when you see me working with a baby and I'm towering over this kid, I'm only waist deep in the water. It creates a certain image that does not look good to the eye. And it's not anything bad or good necessarily, but it just definitely creates a perception of what's going on. And it creates the initial perception is what the fuck is that guy doing? And that's not the perception I want. The perception I want is, whoa, what's that baby doing? And that's when I've been able to hone in on with these same skills. So the focus is no longer on me because there was a while where I was first learning it, how to do all this and developing the whole technique that I'm using currently. And the, I used to make it so I looked impressive. Wow, you taught that baby to do this. You taught it. And now, over the last several years, I've developed it more to just take it all away from me and put it all on the baby. Like, I want the baby to be impressive to people. I don't want people to even know that, like, I'm doing this thing. Because people, like, you know, and I feel like when I do that, that's when people are like, wow, you're really good at what you do is because they see that it's like, yo, I'm just, I'm here to teach. I'm not here to be a fucking superstar. The kid's here to be a superstar, not me. That's for them. That's for you guys. That's, that's the service I provide. You know what I mean? So, um, what we learned versus what our parents taught us are two very different things because they taught us the stove is hot, but you still go fucking touch it and hurt yourself. You know what I mean? So what did you learn? Well, I learned to do the opposite of what my parents taught me. And that's what all, not all of us, but the most of us fucking do or have done to some degree or some capacity, right? So the next piece of this would be forgiving parents for things we experienced and realizing they were doing their best at their time. Realizing triggers passed on through generations. So I think extreme ownership is the route to forgiving parents for the thing for the things we experienced and realizing they were doing their best at the time. So I think one thing that happens is extreme ownership and within extreme ownership 
the next piece of that, excuse me, would be gratitude, appreciation. Because if you take extreme ownership, then you start having appreciation and gratitude for the stuff that you have and don't have or stuff that you experience, or even if you have a little, or even if you have a lot. Because if you can gain appreciation over the things you have a little and a lot of, or a lot of, or whichever, that's a great thing. Like, that that's extreme ownership. Like, when I'm grateful for, like, w- clean clothes, or I'm, comfortable, uh, I'm grateful for comfortable socks, or I'm grateful for running water, or flushing toilets, or my warm coffee, or my, my sofa, or my chair, or the people around me, or, you know, my family, my mom, my dad, my brother, my kids, my whatever, right? My friends. When I'm grateful for all of them, it's like, I'm really taking ownership of the things and the people in my life. Because it's like, dude, thank you for being a part of this. So I believe that in order to forgive our parents, we have to take extreme ownership. And even if they did us completely wrong or they did us completely dirty or they abused you in any fashion. This sounds crazy, but like there, there there's depth to this, you know what I'm saying, which is. Even if you grew up abused, your parents were still doing the best that they knew how to do. And this is kind of what the whole point of this entire podcast and especially this episode is that we can break these cycles. So if you recognize and you can say, thank you for teaching me the lesson to for how to break this and how to not be like that and why I shouldn't be like that anymore. And to even recognize that that's a bad trait because how many kids, how many parents and kids and parents and kids and parents and kids, like generations of them. And at the youngest one, the kids get their asses whooped and they get yelled at and talked to in a certain way because that's how the fuck it is because their parents and their parents and their parents keep teaching that and then finally, one of the kids grows up and he's like, nah, man, like there's there's other ways to handle this. You know, it's like I I can have a conversation with you and achieve the same result in certain circumstances in certain circumstances. So I don't even need to go there. And once you start thinking that, then you start behaving differently and start performing in life just that much better. You know what I mean? Because what happens is like if you were to consider that like reincarnation is real like a cyclistic existence on in on this planet is real if you were to even consider that that's real or that you believe in that or you believe it's a possibility then it would make sense that shit just kind of gets passed on because what we did with our energy and our life and our time and our space here it still like exists and it slowly dissipates as people forget about you and they die and then your legacy kind of dies. And then once that dies, your future generations don't have any reference point. So then from that point, they just kind of go on and have to like redo the cycle. So if it's been abusive shit in your cycle and then it kind of never got healed and the next generation picks it up and they just carry on with that, it just keeps going in a cycle and a cycle and a cycle until somebody breaks the cycle. You know what I mean? So 
this is what's interesting and so fascinating about unlearning and relearning. Like we have to unlearn the things we don't like in order to relearn the things that we actually do like in present time. Because most of us just relate to life based off of the past experience. But if we don't unlearn that and relearn it, then we limit ourselves. I've already been there. I've already done that. But okay, maybe, but you haven't gone today. You haven't gone in the past fucking year. You haven't gone in the, you know what I'm saying? So that's kind of part of like how we get old too. It's like, ah, I don't want to go there. This I've already done that, been there, done that. Like, and once we kind of like switch into that mindset, we're kind of back in the cycle. So that's what's so fucking trippy is like breaking cycles means doing shit that we're often uncomfortable with. And moving forward with it, even if you sound or feel crazy or whatever, you know? So, I I see that it's like, even our triggers get passed on through our generations. And it's like, well, they did that to me, so this triggers me here. They did that to me, so this triggers me here. And like I said, once we take extreme ownership of those things, then we get to heal it and we're no longer mad and we no longer have to blame the past on triggers or upsets or whatever on anybody else because we've taken ownership for it and we've unlearned and relearned what we learned, not necessarily what they taught us. Cause a lot of times people are trying to teach us something that's actually really good, but we learn something different. Damn dude. So, Damn, there was like another piece about this I wanted to say, but I kind of spaced. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's You know what I'm saying? Like, I think this is some good shit. Oh, so how, oh, I know what I'm going to say. So how we all, how I just explained all of this, like how the cycle and the it just gets passed on through generations and we just keep doing it because oftentimes it's all we know and it's comfortable. Um this is exactly what inspired me so fucking much to start and stay consistent with this podcast is that it gives a reference point for all the future generations of my family and anybody else that this podcast touches or reaches. It gives a reference point and shows where I'm at in the cycle of generations of men, women, and how we handled our lives and ourselves from the point of fucking 2022 right now and, and 2021, you know, that's when the show started. January 25th, 2021 is when the show officially started and launched. So this is like, this is my fucking photo album. You know what I'm saying? This is the shit that it's like, rather than my kids getting a photo album of me, which you will because everything's all digital and only got to keep all this shit. You guys get to hear me talk and and speak and and really fucking lay this down so you know where to fucking, where your reference point of generational cycles and baggage is motherfucking at. Damn, dude. Damn, dude. Word from our sponsors will be right back. Howdy, partner. You suffer from being a little bitch. Well, if you do, practice some gratitude because it'll help your attitude and you won't have to miss out on life. So enjoy the spices of life by tuning in to the damn dude podcast and telling on your friends. So 
make sure you put a mitt in like Mitch again. Or you might get slapped and hit again. Howdy doody, partner. Damn, dude. What up, everybody? Welcome, Bicycle. Um, Yo, we've been going in. This shit's fucking deep, dude. So... <laughs> Why do I keep doing these sponsors in the middle of something all serious? You guys are like, what the fuck? Your brain's like, I just undid all the fucking deep shit we just talked about by doing stupid ass fake commercials. <laughs> Whatever. But, and because the next like bullet point I have is do we love ourselves like we should? Or are we reacting to ourselves how our parents would have? Damn, dude. Yo, topic plug fucking came, came done, came true, pulled up, towed up from the float up. Jody high roller, huh, holder. <laughs> I got 24s on my Toyota. Dude, yo. So, me doing these little stupid commercials or whatever the fuck is part of. Me loving myself like I should because I have so much trouble being like for me, it's so hard to be silly or weird or funny in front of people I don't know. So as I kind of slowly get weirder on this show, like you kind of hear like how I talk with my friends or how I think in my head, like you're kind of getting both of those before it was kind of just like me kind of like i'm so serious about this because i take it seriously at the same time i'm serious about having fun but um all the topics have been so serious a lot of them i you know that's kind of like how my life is and how my brain works is i'm very serious and i'm also very fucking wacky so it's if you don't really like know me no if you listen to this podcast i would say you know me know me (laughs) Because, you know what I'm saying? This is the Damn Dude Podcast family. I appreciate you guys. Which, by the way, we just hit over 4,500 downloads. I appreciate you guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you guys so fucking much. Couldn't have happened without you guys, obviously. So, I appreciate that. So, do you guys love yourself like you should? Or are you guys just reacting to yourselves like your parents would have? That's crazy, dude. Like, that's so fucking deep. Damn, dude. Because I, I I do both. <laughs> I feel like at this point in my life, I'm uh, like 75, 80, mm, 75 to mm, maybe 75 to 80% loving and living like myself now maybe more man i don't know see this is where it gets me is i know that there's unconscious habits and things that i do and say in ways that i think that have been exampled or passed down to me which i've taken on and i'm not aware of so if i said yeah i fucking i'm just all myself that's not true because Excuse me. I mean, it is, but at the same time, equally true is that I am just the sum of the people that I've learned from the most. 
You know, it's so interesting. So, like we've talked about in the past episodes, I think it's just important is when we take extreme ownership, we start loving ourselves how we're supposed to because the hate starts dissipating. And being that all people on this planet, we only want two things at the core is to not suffer and to enjoy life. You know what I mean? Like, that, that's it. Like, we don't really want anything else. Um, so with extreme ownership, we stop suffering. And when we stop suffering, we start loving more. So I think, you know, even though it's all very complicated and diverse, I think plain and simple, extreme ownership is going to equal extreme responsibility. Whatever it takes to own your peace in every situation, that's the answer. Because if you consider this, you have showed up to every argument you've ever been a part of. You have shown up to every fight you've ever been in. You have showed up to every wrongdoing that's ever taken place in your life. You know what I'm saying? So it's like whether it was your fault or your plan or whatever the fuck or not, you were still there. It's like the old example of like if you go to the store with three friends and you know, one or two, or if you go to the store with five friends and fucking two people steal shit, five people get in trouble. At least back in the day, like maybe not anymore. (laughs) Now they just let you do whatever the fuck. It doesn't even matter. You can steal anything. But what I'm saying is, is that that's kind of an example of like an old school extreme ownership sort of thing where it's like, yo, you should not be even hanging around people who are stealing shit that's why you're in trouble too. And it's like, oh shit. You know, it's like old school thing. And I don't know if that's even like an example that's taught anymore. I teach that to my kids, but it's like, yo, that, yeah. If your homies are stealing shit, you're in trouble too. Because you're hanging out with the wrong fucking people and you're not. And, or whether they're the wrong people or not, you didn't have enough balls or sense or guts or vag or vagina to stand up for yourself and say something. And check your friend. You know what I mean? It's like, bro, you're not starving. You didn't need to steal that. Like, we have $2. You know what I'm saying? You could buy the bag of chips. Whatever it is, you know? So, when it comes to parenting our own kids, how can we ensure that we aren't continuing cycles and dynamics that are hurtful? Well, no matter what we are. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm sorry to say it, but we just are going to continue to pass on cycles of shit that's hurtful. Why? Because that's life and each of our kids is put here to experience the pleasures and hardships of life that they are meant to be here to experience. Our kids are not here to live perfect lives. If they are, they're not going to enjoy life or have any depth to them. If our kids don't have hardships, they won't experience, they won't have the understanding of what it's like to deeply appreciate because they won't have the experience of pain. Now, it's not like we want our kids to suffer. Our parents didn't want us to suffer, but we did. So no matter what, you're going to do stuff, we're going to do stuff, I'm going to do stuff, you're going to do stuff, we're all going to do stuff that's going to hurt the next generation, whether you like it or not. 
And this applies in many different ways. Like the to go drive, driving your car hurts our future generations. Buying an electric car here hurts our future generations because of what it took to fucking create that, the pollutants. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, at the same time, the way that we speak to our kids, the way that we give them freedom, the way that we whatever. Think about this. If you give your kids all the freedom in the world and you have to get strict on them about something because it's important for their life, they're just going to hate us from there on out. You know what I mean? So that's the thing is like it, it creates diversity. So I think it's not really to worry about so much. More so to take again back to that extreme ownership of ourselves and what we're doing and what we're up to because nobody is immune to adversity and pain and hurt and the best example and the best thing we could do for our kids when it comes to feeling pain and hurt and suffering is to be a good example of how to take it on the head and how to take it in, how to feel it, how to go back to appreciation, and how to keep moving forward. The work of how to do that is what we need to worry about. Or if you're going to worry, you know, it's like, is or that's what we need to do is to break those cycles, is to show them how to do it. Rather than do the work in silence and then just you try and explain it to them because that doesn't do anything. So we have to understand that we're going to do stuff that's hurtful to them and that it's okay and that it's supposed to happen and sometimes we have to hurt feelings because that's just part of life and the more that a person knows how to have their feelings hurt and bounce back actually not just faking it we've got a strong emotionally intelligent human being damn dude and that's what we need more of that's why we're in this place and that's why i clarify before most of the shows, I'm California Cal, I'm not one of those Californians. You know what I mean? Because it's like, I'm uh, like I'm not this like bitch made no emotional intelligence sort of person. That's what I it kind of like deeply means, you know? And that's how we got to this, oh, you're one of those Californians, is that we've lost emotional intelligence and we had a whole generation of kids already raised to with like helicopter parents or no pain or or never falling down and never getting yelled at or never getting in trouble basically you know what i'm saying so be that that's kind of like how we break that is by developing our own emotional intelligence in such a way that our kids automatically inherit that the same way that your kids will start will adopt your mannerisms it's the same thing. How you happen, how you happen to be when shit goes down and your mannerisms that happen then, your mannerisms when you feel like shit are dictated by the level of emotional intelligence you have around your own emotions when you get your feelings hurt. So, if we have the emotional intelligence to navigate when our feelings are hurt, that allows us to be able to have an opportunity to have awareness of our body and how we're being perceived by our kids, by the people around us, by ourselves, and by life. You know, if you believe in God or, or anything like that, it's like, well, God's watching you. Wouldn't you, if you were in the eyes of God, how would you want to be perceived? Well, act like that, even if your feelings are hurt. 
especially if your feelings are hurt. You know what I mean? So, damn. Damn, dude. Damn, dude. That's hard, dude. Like, really, though. You know what I mean? So, I think when we can grow our emotional intelligence, taking extreme ownership is a huge tool to grow and develop your emotional intelligence. Um, so I think that kind of ties into the next thing already, which is being aware of what we project and put expectations on our kids that are really just projections from our childhood. Yeah. That, you know, I, I feel like I kind of just answered that pretty much. Like that's basically, you know, a, a high level of emotional intelligence or a practice of emotional intelligence is to grow body awareness of yourself when when shit's going on you know what i mean like in the more that we can catch ourselves in certain positions or faces or or energies because for me if i'm like it, it doesn't happen often but there's a certain type of mad that i can get where i can't hide it in my face or energy and like it's it's like when i accept i'm mad as fuck and it's like i'm just i'm letting myself be mad and i'm taking the time to just be fucking pissed like when i'm in that time if there's people there's sometimes where people are around me where i'm like that it's very rare but there's times it's kind of like automatically ever like most people know just kind of leave me alone. you my energy is just like motherfucker what's like ugh, like <laughs> Like, I'm responsible. I'm not going to go hurt anybody. But, like, I know that if I'm mad, I got to take the time to feel mad. And if I suppress it, that's how I grow gray hair and grow old and grow all this extra shit. I'm not trying to do all that. You know what I mean? So meditation is going to be another thing that's going to help with body awareness. Because if you notice when, well, like, meditation around breath work and or breath work itself. That's what I would say is another tool that helps majorly in my experience and from what I've seen and from what I do is that something I learned is that like, dude, anytime you get mad or sad or upset, your breathing is the very first thing to change every single time. Like for reals, if you can have enough awareness of yourself next time you start getting upset, notice your stomach. Not necessarily even the breathing from your nose or your mouth. I mean, that's a good place to go too. But if you notice the breathe, like your stomach or your chest, or even if it's your nose or your mouth, breathing short, like if you notice that and you do a mental override to be like, take deep breaths and you start doing that, you will automatically start feeling better because your brain is going to slowly start going to somewhere else. When you stop, it might snap right back. But understand that you did expand and you did stretch and you did grow and you did start moving beyond that when you started doing that. I feel like eventually the rubber band snaps and then you can kind of just move it away from it um, with a level of emotional intelligence. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, a lot of times we are just projecting stuff from our childhood. But the thing is, is it's not necessarily so much like this everyday sort of thing. It's more so when in our deep and intimate relationships that our version of 
like us, we're projecting from childhood pain and trauma. Like, ah, man. Um, I'm trying to think, man. I I don't know what. Sorry, I kind of just like went into another world. Right? I was like trying to read and think and like go two different directions at the same time, and my brain kind of crossed me up. Um, but I oh I know what I was gonna say is a lot of times those childhood projections show up in our deep and intimate relationships mainly, and what I mean by that is like you might be able to handle yourself and keep your cool with whoever, but when you get into an argument with your mom, your dad, your husband, your spouse, and you allow yourself to argue in this next level ah, that you wouldn't with somebody else in public. That is the projection of your childhood or the like you being like, what time are you going to be home? What time are you going to be home? What are you doing this? Those little like jealous, those little like ultra concerned, those little or where you start projecting or like putting things onto somebody that they didn't say you just misinterpreted things like like those examples are are those projections from childhood and it's hard to be aware of when you're doing it because you feel safe to act like a fool or to be foolish and let that out with those certain people you know what i mean like my ex is one of those people who can bring that out with me where it's like she is able to bring out that like I mean, I'm much better now, but like, I feel it bubbling for sure that like make me want to have an immature argument. Um, my dad has the ability to kind of bring that out of me sometimes a little bit, but not so much anymore. Um, I'm trying to think who else does that. There's not many people who can do it to me. It's just, there's like certain tone and a certain way of like responding slash questioning that just like gets to me i don't know and it's i'm sure you guys can hear that yourself in this in some fashion right or somebody you know whoa i just accidentally threw my fucking pen hold on oh Oh. okay sorry i was (laughs) i was talking waving my hands and fucking just chucked my pen um yeah you know so i'm sure you can understand that to some capacity um so the next piece of this which is really cool which i i don't know if i struggle i should say i think hard about maybe that's why (laughs) i said struggle is letting our kids be who they are and living freely without limitations damn dude well man letting our kids be who they are and living freely without limitations. Mm, this is interesting because there should be some limitations. And I, I understand this question wasn't asked from that context, but like <laughs> it's more from like, how do we have our ki- I, I'm I understand that the person asking is coming from uh like like a healthy place of how do we let them live without just freely without limitations but at this what i'm saying at the same time is like there's a certain ah wow okay i guess this is uh, i'm just dissecting this for myself 
I think when it comes to limitations, we need to distinguish whether certain things or instances are limitations or elements of discipline. Damn, dude. Like, discipline in a good way. I'm not talking punishment. Punishment is punishment. Discipline is not punishment. Discipline can be a part of punishment or the reason for punishment, but discipline is discipline on its own, and that's what we're talking about. To be able to practice... See, this is why it's like, well, we need some limitations because let's say your kids live freely without limitation. They're just eating candy and juice and whatever the fuck, 24-7. Well, we need to have a limitation on how much of that and real food they can eat, right? Um, so that's the thing is, it's not that you can't have the candy because I'm putting a limitation upon you or your life. It's you can't have the candy because this is an element of discipline that exists for you to live a healthy life. You know what I'm saying? For you to not have boogers and fucking rotting teeth and smell like shit, this is what's required. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so that that's one thing I think we should clear up. That's what I should say. Um, the next piece of dissecting this is I always have this example and of how I raise my kids. And I guess I kind of created, like, I think, I don't think our kids should be raised with limitate. I mean, they're going to be raised with limitations, like your financial status, our financial status determines our child's limitations or not. It determines what schools they can go to. It determines what trips they can go on. It determines how much they can travel. It determines what programs they could do. So our existence creates an automatic limitation. Like our existence as parents creates an automatic limitation on our kids due to what we have physically or not. And this works the other way too. Let's say you have all the money in the world that creates a limitation of understanding like a simple life, you know, potentially. Now, all of these can go many different ways. I'm just using exa like different examples, right? So I don't think we should necessarily think about limitations so much with our kids because kind of doesn't really get us anywhere, but more so what boundaries can we set and where did the boundary come from? Does the boundary come from a limiting from a limiting place or from a place of growing discipline? Because when we set boundaries in our kids' lives or our own lives, even it's either going to create discipline or it's going to create limitation. Those are the two things boundaries are going to do discipline or limitation, you know? So it's like, sorry. Um, my, so my example that I like to use with how I raise my kids when it comes to this discipline versus like having my boundaries for my kids be disciplined versus limitation. I, like I said, I'm very visual. So what I see in this method of raising my kids is a fucking big ass freeway. And I don't know why in my mind, I picture the H3 in Hawaii, 
but as if the east and west lanes were all one freeway and there's no divider and all it's just one big ass thing coming out of the tunnel headed west this is just what my brain pictures <laughs> in in oahu the h3 going west headed west coming from the tunnel um that's what i picture so but what i picture is on that freeway there's it's like fucking thick ass jungle on either side of the freeway and it's like a big ass bridge just kind of constructed in the middle of the jungle that runs through the whole thing and if you go off the side of there like you won't even be able to see the fucking sun like it's so thick and so deep so in my mind i see this big freeway with a wall on one side and another wall on one side and if i have a motorcycle or a car and i'm doing 150 I don't feel like I'm limited. If I can swerve through any of those lanes, I don't experience any sense of limitation. I experience the discipline I need to have the fun that I want to stay safe within these two walls on either side of me because that's actually protecting me from the deep pit of the fucking jungle that if I fall, I'm dead. And if I don't die, then I won't be able to even fucking find the sun again because it's so thick and so far down that those walls didn't create a limitation but rather created discipline so i see raising my kids to just stay within those two walls on either side within those boundaries and do whatever the fuck you want just don't fall off the edge damn dude we're gonna take a quick break we'll be right back damn dude damn dude what up everybody welcome bicycle so as i was saying i how i see raising my kids is i put up I build a bridge. It's like we have the whole world, right? In the whole world, there's dangerous shit everywhere. So how I see it is I want to build a bridge or a platform for my kids to cruise through down, to, to cruise down in life. And you're free to do whatever you want within these two boundaries. And these two boundaries are for the sake of growing discipline not for the sake of limiting you saying, hey, don't go over here, don't look over the edge, but more so, hey, this is an edge. So that's why this wall is here. Oh, that's much different than don't fucking go over there. It's like, no, there's an edge over there. That's why that wall exists. You want to check it out? Okay, just be careful. Don't jump over. You know, if you're going to jump over, make sure you got a ladder and a plan and a fucking flashlight and a compass and a, all that shit, right? So that's the context that I raise my kids under to be or to live in a way that they're not limited and they're able to grow and live their best life that they can. You know, it's like fucking haul ass, do whatever the fuck you want. You know, jump, yell, shout, dance, scream, sing fucking do whatever right have respect that's kind of about that's kind of like my only rule is like be respectful and and just do whatever the fuck you you know discover what you love that's like my biggest thing um and you know that that's my thing and if that helps people if that that's why i said earlier in this episode i feel like this applies to even yourself it doesn't even have to apply to raising kids you know because if you think about your own life with this big, wide, fucking, like, 10-lane freeway, and you're free to do whatever down this freeway, 
just stay on the freeway. Don't fall off the edge. And that's the only reason the the barrier exists. Um, you know, and I, I think that's how we live freely without limitations. And in a way where our boundaries are disciplined are not limitations, but rather a practice to grow and enhance our discipline. And the more our discipline is enhanced, the healthier and better and funner our lives are. Damn, dude. Damn, dude. Damn, homie. So the next piece of this, this is something I've been practicing a long time with other people's kids. And I do with my own too now. Uh, Excuse me. Is I fucking love this, dude. For the fact that this is, again, shout out to the plug. This episode is fucking sick, dude. I might have started off a little bit weird. Um, That's kind of old school of me. I forgot I used to do that. I used to start off the show all weird and unorganized, and then I would like tie it all up, and then it would tie back to the beginning. Those are kind of kind of vibe enhanced. It's kind of coming back a little, but I'm minusing. Uh, I used to have like. 15 minute intros where I say, oh, we're going to talk about this. And then we're going to talk about that. And it would take forever to get to there. We're actually, we get to the point now, you know, and I'm actually kind of telling you what's going to be in the show a little bit, but I feel like the people who listen are going to listen either way. So I don't even know if that matters, but, uh, I just try and keep in mind and consider like new listeners to kind of like let them feel included too. It's like when you show up to a Let's say like you got a tight ass friend who you've made in recent years and then you have your group of friends who are your best friends you grew up with. You're, you and your best friends you all grew up with have your own slang and have your own jokes and you can just be like, oh, psh, fucking Tim. <laughs> and it's like if you're not part of that, it's just there's no way that's funny to you. You just there's no way you can get it. You know, you know what I'm saying? So it's like. If you bring your new friend you just met who's tight as fuck around your old friends who you guys have all your own jokes and stuff, it's like you've got to uh, warn them kind of, you know, and it's kind of like you kind of let them in. Hey, bro, like this and that. Or you tell your friends, hey, this guy's kind of this or whatever it may be. Right. So that way they can kind of get it. That's the only reason I kind of do the intros to kind of like introduce this cool person to this group of people or this group of people to this cool person. So that way we can all kind of be on the same page and have a like a, a healthy place to start from. So <laughs> that's what I do. It's like I'm welcoming all the new cool homies that you met in life to the family. That's basically what's going on when I do any form of intro on this show. <laughs> so back to the point. Teaching our kids, oh, what I was going to say was I'm excited about when I've been practicing with my students, you know, other people's kids, is teaching our kids to be proud of themselves rather than looking for us or someone else to be proud of themselves. Wait, did I even write that correctly? Basically, teaching our kids to be proud of themselves rather than looking for somebody else to be proud of them. That's what I was supposed to say. So... I think that just comes within being present with your kids. Um, your kids know, like, okay, I'm going to use this example, and I'm sure you can all relate to some capacity, even if you have nieces or nephews or whatever, right? If, I'm a, because in my house we have basketball mania. Like, my, it's either music or basketball is, like, the shit that's always going on 
with me or my kids or maybe like skateboarding or surfing or board sports something to do with like wheels and boards basketballs or guitars that's like what the fuck goes down with my kids <laughs> so they know that like oh so i'm gonna say the basketball example because that's the easiest one to make sense for everybody when our kids see that we let me reset this. when my son sees that i saw him shoot the ball into the hoop and he makes it and i cheer him on he knows whether i actually saw it or not versus i've been playing on my phone and i'm just going yeah good job dude and i look up at the last minute because he's already looked at me three times to see if i was watching you know what i'm saying so actually engaging with your kids when they play and when they do stuff or they share stuff i think is going to be the biggest way where it's like you're actually fully engaged as if they're telling you brand new information from a new person you need to respect because your fucking job is on the line like you need to pay attention like that the same way you'd pay attention how you would fully give attention to somebody giving you an interview like if you pay that level of attention it shows them like, wow, I'm cool. They like watching me. I'm proud of myself. So then there's obviously the verbal reinforcement. Wow, good job, dude. Are you proud of yourself? Wow, you should be so proud of yourself. And that's something I've been, I ask all my students. I'll be like, dude, good job. Blah, blah, blah. I'm so proud of you. You're so awesome. And I really am proud of my students. I'm not just saying it, you know, because I'm paying, I'm really paying attention to them. I saw, I felt, I experienced the work they just did. I'm actually really proud and I'm telling them and I'm sharing that with them and I'm looking them in the eye. And then I say, hey, blah, blah, blah. Are you proud of yourself? Some kids are like, yeah. Some kids are like, I don't know. Some kids are just like, nah. Like, you know, it depends. You get a whole different range of answers. But what happens is gears start turning. And when they hear, hear that phrase or that word in the future, they're going to be like, whoa, Mr. Calvin said he was proud of me. And he asked if I was proud of myself. Huh. You know, it's like one plus one equals fucking two. And then you put two and two together and it fucking makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Then that's that starts shaping who you are without me being or the parent being like, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. That doesn't necessarily make the kid proud of themselves. So. I do my best to work on this with the wording of it because it's really important. But more important than the wording of it is the actually observing the stuff to be proud of. That's really where it's fucking deep and solid. And the real kids being proud of themselves, your the parents' attention, that's where it comes from. You know, the guardian, the teacher, the whoever's attention and present real time actually paying attention and giving a fuck that's how kids become proud of themselves you know you notice the things that they do and when you feel seen and you feel heard and you feel observed and you feel like people care that it develops and builds something in you you know what i'm saying and that develops that develops what is that that builds the limitlessness that builds the limitlessness within certain boundaries of discipline. And that is a beautiful, beautiful motherfucking thing. Yeah, mean. 
damn, dude. Damn, dude. So, man, we this goes in, dude. I want to. This is such a fun fucking episode, dude. So, let's keep breaking those cycles. We all don't want to suffer. We all want happiness. It just looks different and occurs different to all of us. You know what I mean? So, start with extreme ownership. Work towards gratitude. It's about as far as I'm at. (laughs) And let's fucking go, you guys. I appreciate you guys. Thank you guys for tuning in. All the listeners all across the world. We've hit every continent on this planet. I appreciate you guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Damn Dude Podcast is a family. You guys are the shit. We share the realest shit with you guys. Please tell a friend to tell a friend to tell their mom. (laughs) Hope you guys have a beautiful day. Much love. Peace. Damn, dude. 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 Love you guys. Much love. Peace.